Hi, everyone. Welcome to Here for the Health of It podcast. I'm Dr. Randy here with Dr. Tom, and we are interviewing the movers and shakers of Columbia, South Carolina and beyond. We are the hottest, best, fastest growing, juiciest, most prominent, classiest, most distinguished, sexiest, most reliable, most lit, most fetch, and most dope podcast in Columbia. And just doesn't get better than that, does it? No. <laughs> but somehow every week it does. Every week we just get better and better. And so our guest today, we have a chiropractic intern about to be a doctor in about four months. Her name's Courtney Dexter. She went to Coastal Carolina University. Yes, sir. In it's close to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, right? And then um, went to Logan Chiropractic College. Sherman College. Sherman Sherman Chiropractic College in Spartanburg, um, South Carolina as well. So um I I'm curious then because a lot of people ask me what it takes to become a chiropractor. And mm -hmm. people think it's all over the spectrum. There's some people who are like, oh, how are you a doctor? It only takes six months to become one. And then there's other people who are like, oh, man, I could never do that because you have to be there for eight years. And it's all, you know, all the different components. So from both ends of the spectrum. So I was thinking maybe you could just walk us through what the steps are from the moment. Let's say that someone's in college, they're in their second year of college and they're saying, hey, I want to become a chiropractor. Or yeah. maybe they had an incredible experience at a chiropractor and they said, I want to do this and I want to help people. Where would you lead them to start? What do they have to do first? And then where does it go from there? So the first thing that you could do while in undergrad is start shadowing practices. If you know that you want to be a chiropractor, reach out to a local DC that's near your university and start getting in there and getting your name, you know, known in their practice because that person can become a reference for you when you start applying for schools. Um, that's what I did my last semester at Coastal. Mm -hmm. I started interning at a practice there for one of my last classes at Coastal Carolina. And she actually graduated from Sherman um, back in the 80s, I believe. So she was one of the people who wrote me a reference for the school. Um, and there was another DC there as well who I became close with. And he also wrote a letter of recommendation for me to Sherman. And, um, and you just walked in there and said, hey, can I shadow you? I literally contacted like three or four different offices in Myrtle Beach, sent them an email, called them, got to speak to a few of them. Um, and I ended up going with one practice that was literally right in Myrtle Beach, right on Ocean Drive. Um, and the reason why I picked them was because there were three different doctors from three different schools all working there and all doing something different that the scope in South Carolina allows. So I thought it would be the best place for me to kind of see, okay, if I want to stay in the state and practice, what can I do with my license? Mm -hmm. um, so they really opened up the doors for me to see, you know, what we can do as chiropractors here and mm -hmm. the changes it can make in lives for people in your community. Mm -hmm. And th so then you'd finished up all your classes that you needed. So you already had all your prerequisites. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I majored in exercise science at Coastal Carolina. Um, so all of my classes covered the prereqs that Sherman wanted in order mm -hmm. to be approved. Um, now I will say this at Sherman, you don't need to have all the prereqs as long as you complete your prereqs before you graduate. So I know two of my best friends from Sherman uh, both did three years at a university in Alabama and they actually finished up their bachelor's degrees at Greenville Technical College. 
Um, so, you know, even if you don't have all your prereqs, but you know that this is something that you want to do, at least at Sherman, you have the availability to finish those classes while you're going through the program. Yep. I actually did that too. So I did three years of university yeah. and then I finished up my last year of university in Iowa okay. where I went to school in Palmer Very College. Cool. So you don't, so that's something that a lot of people ask. They say, do you need a, a four-year degree? to get into chiropractic school. Not to get into chiropractic school, no. Yes, but a lot of states require a four-year yes. degree for you to be there. So for the yep. most part, if you don't know where you're going to practice, you should get a four-year degree, yep. you, your Bachelor of Science first before going into chiropractic yep. school. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, with the intensity of the program, at least at Sherman, I mean, having to pick up those prereqs while going through the program is a lot. Mm -hmm. So I would highly suggest definitely going through your four years first or at least picking up the prereqs needed to get into the school and, you know, however many hours you need in order to graduate from your university, do that first. Because once you're in yeah. chiropractic school, I mean, it's basically a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. And then how many schools did you look at? Um, so I looked at three. Um, I knew I wanted to stay in the Southeast. So I looked at Sherman. I looked at Life University. In, which is in Atlanta. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I looked at Palmer, Florida. Yeah. Which is in where? Um, Daytona Beach. Okay. So, um, but I ended up touring at Sherman. And while on the tour, they ended up giving me my approval for my application at the school and just seeing the family community that they had there, the small campus, the faculty to student ratio was something I absolutely loved. Um, I knew that that was where I wanted to stay. Uh, and my fiance is still in the South Carolina area too. So it would have been a lot for me to have, be all the way in Atlanta or all the way in Daytona and not be able to see him as much as I got to while being here. It, and it's interesting because there's some schools that I find people go to and they come out and they just don't like chiropractic that mm, much. Yeah. Uh, a lot of schools are going, there's a paradigm in chiropractic and a lot of them are starting to shift towards a more medical paradigm, mm -hmm. which I mean, irks me a little bit, mm -hmm. but you know, when I think of chiropractic, I think, you know, it's by hand, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're helping the nervous system function. And, you know, I know there are schools that they don't even want you practicing you know, by yourself with your own DC license without having an MD overseeing your right. office. So, I mean, it's just, it's crazy how much of a break there is between one side of chiropractic and the other. Mm -hmm. So, and it's definitely seen in the schools too. Yeah. Well, tell me about that. So when did you start making that? It's like a philosophical mm -hmm. shift. Yeah. Was that before you went to school or did Sherman create that for you? Um, so I think I always had a more salutogenic approach. Um, so if you use big words, you got to explain, you gotta it. explain it. it. Okay, I can do that. So salutogenic means giving birth to health. Um, I've always had that kind of mentality. Um, even from growing up, my mom can tell you I refused to take any type of Advil or a leave. And I was a, you know, middle school, high school athlete. Yeah, nice. Um, and I just, I never really liked any type of medication. I figured, you know, if my body can work through it, then I should be okay. Um, now, were there times that like, yes, medical necessities do happen. Absolutely. But, you know, just from the day to day, why should I have to pop an Advil if I have, you know, a headache that'll go away in six hours? Right. Um, so I think I always had that mentality of, you know, your body can do amazing things if you let it. Um, I just didn't realize how much chiropractic can help you express that life that you have. Uh, and that was something that I started to figure out my senior year at Coastal when I started shadowing that practice. Um, you know, getting into it, I had a lot of gastrointestinal issues and headaches from injuries and stuff with cheer. And after getting care, all of those things stopped. You know, I became 
even more efficient at my body was more efficient right um and just overall worked better after care yeah. and i think that was the point that kind of led me to being like holy can i curse oh yeah holy crap like this works wait this was crap, is... crap <laughs> okay, is you know I, you know i just don't know <laughs> like, i didn't want to curse kids are listening. <laughs> <laughs> um but i was like oh holy crap like this actually works like this is something that i want to give to other people because mm -hmm. not a lot of people know the benefits of what chiropractic care can do for them and so well and there's schools that are very medical, like you alluded yeah. to. So there's some people who maybe are looking at becoming a chiropractor and they think, oh, there's one in my town. Maybe I'll just go to that. Like, um, I, I know there's some that are more medical, like Cleveland Chiropractic College yeah. or New York Chiropractic College. Yeah. National. Um, national. There's um, there's one in Toronto that's very medical as yeah. well. Where And I find sometimes that they appeal to people who are like, oh, I'm going to become a medical doctor. And then they don't get into medical school so or they, they decide they don't want to go there. They find out how much it is. So then they go that route and then they go to one of these medical quote-unquote medical chiropractic schools yeah. acting like they're a medical doctor but going to a chiropractic yeah. clinic versus maybe some of the other schools like sherman or life university where it's i've i find it's more people who are excited about chiropractic mm -hmm. or they had some sort of experience that changed their life and then yeah. decided i want to go do this for other people and then they go into this school like sherman or life where they're just excited to be there and everybody else is excited to be there yeah. and then they even have teachers who are excited to be there. So oh, there's yeah. there's a difference in maybe outlook or philosophy or what they think chiropractic is or what it should be. Yeah. Um, and maybe not just a branch of quote unquote medicine, but its own, you know, healing arts as they would call it. Yeah. So then you were, you were applying, you applied for one to only one place or did you apply to um, multiple so places? So I applied just to Sherman. Like I said, after visiting the school and looking through online at life and um, Palmer, what I wanted to do was go ahead and apply to Sherman first, because that was going to be my first choice either way. Um, so as soon as I had gotten my application saying you've been approved, I was like, all right, well, I got into my top school. Like I'm not going to pay 50 to hundred dollars for an application to a school. I'm not going to be going mm -hmm. to anyways. So your girl's balling on a budget coming out of school. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. um, and that was one of the things that, you know, my parents kind of instilled in me is if I want to do this, I need to pay for it myself. So that was my whole route with, you know, applying for schools and everything. Nice. Yeah. So. And how far in advance? Um, so I graduated in December of 2018 from Coastal. And then I applied to Sherman probably that April and then got my approval letter in May. And then I started the July quarter of 2019. So I took some time off, worked a full-time job, just saved a little extra cash, mm -hmm. um, was living in Myrtle Beach, you know, just doing my thing. Um, and then as soon as I went up there to visit the school and got the letter of approval, I started getting all my ducks in a row to move up to Spartanburg. Yep. So, And you've been with your fiance for how long? Um, seven years now. So yeah. when, when you started talking chiropractic to... He's not in chiropractic, correct? No. Mm -mm. To him, what was what were some of his questions, concerns? Was he like, this sounds a little crazy? Um, so fun fact, Derek has injuries because he was a collegiate athlete and he went to see chiropractors in the Columbia area. And to him, he was a massive skeptic because what they were doing is not what we're doing, you mm -hmm. know, at Columbia Family Chiropractic, right. at Sherman. Um, so 
you know, maybe, he, we'll maybe touch on that a little bit. Okay. Yeah, so absolutely. What do we do that's different than what maybe he experienced? Um, he never got adjusted while at this chiropractic office. Really? They just basically <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah, they, that would be a big difference. That's a difference. Yeah. So they basically just did like PT and rehab with him. And, you know, when I told him I was going to be looking into chiropractic, he was like, well, you know, I have my reserves towards chiropractors because mm -hmm. I didn't have a great experience when mm -hmm. I went to go see them. Mm -hmm. So, but after me going through the program and, you know, seeing how different it was, the schooling I got, he didn't even understand the program itself and how intense it is mm -hmm. with the classes and everything. Um, you know, when he started to see that progress through my time at Sherman, he started to realize like, oh no, this isn't what they were doing here when I was going, you know, for appointments. Like this is something completely different. And now he's on board with it. You know, he was coming to the health center and I was checking him once a week and adjusting him once a week. Um, so, I mean, he understands the benefits now and he sees a difference, you know, with his low back, um, through getting adjustments, you know, not just the active rehab that he was doing, um, or, you know, the PT that they were doing with him in the office. He's seen some massive benefits with right. adjustments and everything. Well, and you brought up the intensity of the program a few times. And I remember when I was in undergrad, we would have five class. We'd take maybe five classes and there'd be three hours a week. So you yeah. had like an hour on Monday, hour Wednesday, hour Friday, and then you might have like a lab or two. So you're really only in class maybe 18 hours a week. I wish. <laughs> and then and then rolling into chiropractic school and then all of a sudden they say, yeah, you have 11 one-hour classes yeah. or you have 11 different classes that you have to take and you start at 7.30, you basically get no breaks, you finish at five and then you have to do homework all night long. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who weren't ready for that, they dropped out or they, yeah. they walked into it thinking it's going to be, you know, I skated my way through undergrad, I'm going to skate my way through that. And then in our class, at least there was and I don't know what percentage would you say didn't, Good didn't 20, make it 30 back. percent. Yeah. yeah. I would yeah. say, yeah, I would say that. So a quarter of the people who rolled into our class yeah. um, found out how hard it was and, and then dropped. just dropped out right away because they couldn't handle it. Yeah. So, I mean, I can relate with y'all on that. Um, my class, when we started in summer of 2019, had 32 people in it. And my graduating class now has 15. So we have dropped half of our wow. students. Wow. So, and whether that be people either just dropping or I think we had two students transfer to different colleges. Um, and then a few people ended up becoming mixed quarters because, you know, they didn't pass a class. So mm -hmm. they have to retake that right. and schedules get kind of funky at that point. Um, but I mean, overall, like I said, I'm, we started with 32 and we're down to like 15, 16 people now. So yeah. it's crazy. Well, and tell people about the blend of um, students that, that are in your class too. Cause yeah. at least in ours, I was surprised. I kind of looked at it like I'm coming out of college and I'm 22 years old and everybody that's going to be starting this program is 22, 23 years old. Lies. Right. Yeah. And I was surprised. Like we had, a, I think we had a 55 year old yeah. in our class. Mm -hmm. So what, out of the 15 students you had there, what age groups? Cause some people who are considering a change of career, like we have people Heck, a month or two ago was like, I want to be a chiropractor, yeah. but they're already, you know, in their thirties and Go established. Yeah. That's what we're kind of like, you should look into yeah. it because people do it all the time. What were the, uh, what were the ages that you, you guys had? Um, so now with just the 15 students, I feel like a lot of us are kind of similar in age range. I think the oldest person we have in our class at the moment, and she's one of my best friends, um, she is 27, turning 28 in October. 
Um, but when we started out, we had someone who was in his forties, a woman who right. was in her fifties who had grandkids. I mean, yeah. like it, there is no age range on going into the school. A lot of people go into chiropractic as a second career, you know, because mm-hmm. you, they retire from their job and then they get bored just sitting around and, you know, they understand usually they have a background somehow with chiropractic care, understanding it, you know, mm-hmm. realizing the benefits of it. And they decide, you know, I might as well see if I can do this. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, we had people who like my friends who went to undergrad for two years, they came into school, not even being 21 yet. Um, and then again, we had people up to 50 years of age yeah. in our class. So the age range was wild. Right. Did you have a chiropractic story? I know you mentioned you started shadowing when you were in, in at coastal, but mm-hmm. prior to that, like what got you started on the pathway of chiropractic? Honestly, that was it. I mean, I knew... When I was at Coastal, I had kind of three different career paths that I was looking at. It was either going to be PA or it was going to be PT or it was going to be DC. Mm -hmm. Um, With PT, I didn't want to be stuck in that medical paradigm, you know, being that referral person, um, seeing people for, you know, just reactive care to injuries. Um, PA... I had to pick up some extra classes and I didn't know if I wanted to pay for those myself. So with that, that kind of hindered me from trying to apply. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if I was going to apply, I wanted to apply to Fairleigh Dickinson University's PA program. Um, but it was just coming out when I was graduating from Coastal. Yeah. So they didn't have their accreditation yet. And I didn't want to go through schooling there if it wasn't going to matter once I graduated because they weren't accredited yet. Um, so then I ended up talking to one of my best friends. She went to NYCC. Um, she kind of informed me a little bit about chiropractic and, you know, what it was, um, cause she had a background in it and I got to see her get adjusted by her doc in Staten Island and saw how the office ran, saw how he was basically like a primary care provider for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, wow, like this is different. Like this isn't walking into your normal, you know, PCP or, you know, primary care physician and, you know, just getting a medication from them because you're not feeling too hot. Um, this was someone who sat down with you and talked to you and asked you what was going on and made it really personable. And I just, I enjoyed that so much more. I felt like it was a little bit more intimate and you got to know your patients a lot better. Um, and I feel like you were able to help them more because you had that connection to them compared to just, you know, a, a script being written. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, yeah, that's when I started to look into DCs in the area. Um, like I said, my last semester at Coastal, I had to do an internship with someone. Uh, so that was when I started Luckily, reaching yeah, out. What, sure. Yeah. I started reaching out to docs in Myrtle Beach and, you know, spoke to a few of them and then settled mm-hmm. on. Uh, Because I think for Randy, he just liked touching people. Mm -hmm. And that's when he knew he wanted to be a chiropractor. (laughs) He just grew up. Very (laughs) touchy-feely. And I'll say say this kind of to your point. So all the medical doctors that I knew growing up, I was like, they don't seem like they're having that much fun. Mm -hmm. Like their receptionists weren't smiling when I walked in the door. They were just like kind of rushed and writing things and quick. And then when when we went to chiropractors, which I went to my whole life since I was one, um, and I had ear infections. That's why my mo- mom took me initially. So you're a Cairo baby. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did two rounds of antibiotics or three rounds of antibiotics. And they want to do tubes in my ears. And yeah. then my mom was like, I guess we'll try this crazy thing. And they got better. And then my mother started getting adjusted and my dad started getting yeah. adjusted. And then my younger brothers were born and basically straight to the chiropractor. Nice. Um, and even to the point where I'm 
I went, when I go back to Canada to visit them, I'll have like 20 something people that all get adjusted regularly yeah. in our family and you can kind of see it in their health and how nobody, you know, they're not taking medications. They're not giving their kids a whole bunch of medications. Yeah. Um, but it, it was just when I went to the chiropractors, then it, they were having fun. They were, everybody was laughing. The receptionist was laughing. It was fun. And I was like, oh, this is a place I like being here myself. So yeah. I can imagine that I'd like working in this environment yeah, too. Yeah. Running that office. Um, but I, I, and I didn't really know. So I knew that I wanted to be a chiropractor since I was 14, okay. but the touch, I don't know if the touching people was like, <laughs> it, it, it helped. was just like part, yeah, of, the, part of the job of how, yeah. how you would help them. Yeah. Uh, but then at, as I got into chiropractic school, kind of like you said, the intensity of it, I was thinking to myself, like some of these people, they have three kids or they have, uh, they're working a part-time job at the same time. And I, I don't know how they did it, but a lot of them didn't, I think. So yeah. I, I think sometimes people go into it thinking, oh, this will be um, easier. Yeah. Like I'll just, I, I, I don't know. I, I'll just go and I'll just get my degree and then I'll see what it does. And then they walk in there and they realize it's, you know, oh, you have shit. 70 or 80 hours <laughs> yeah. a week. Yeah. You're in class for 35 and then you have to study for another 35. Yeah. Um, and it, I even know a guy who did all got through all of his classes but couldn't pass the board exam yeah no that's the worst and that's my end. biggest fear with part four coming up yes. so yeah which, which so then maybe maybe talk to that so you did a year of the first year is basically just anatomy physiology endocrinology all yep. that stuff and then after a year you start moving into more clinical sciences. clinical stuff yeah so maybe talk after the first year when you've learned everything done the cadavers did you guys have cadavers yeah, we had full live cadavers from usc medical actually really? so yeah, yeah they brought cadavers up there and then we would have to drive them back down to usc and they did the full burial where you know the family could come and pay their respects and stuff so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which so then after that so you had live cadavers that then you guys killed and yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely when we were dissecting them you know just a little bit of uh who's volunteering know. for that <laughs> But uh, you know what I mean. I got you. I got you. Which, yeah. That's but fresh, right? Fresh, yeah. Like you guys had to dissect them. They oh, weren't pre- yeah. Like one of really? our work study things. So at the school, you could decide to do work study, which is one of the things that I did. Um, you, One of them was working in the anatomy lab um, and with Dr. Rivera. And you would go in there for an hour and just help him with all the new cadavers that we get in. That's wild. And just, you know, from sternum down, whether they were taking off the skull to see the brain and the yes. nervous system, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was crazy. I never wanted to see the face. Like that was, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's I wanted a lot. to- A lot of people weren't comfortable. I know a few people in my class were like very uncomfortable with it, but you know, I think of it as this is our education. This is right. how we get the best information mm-hmm. possible. And with cadavers too, unlike a lot of other schools that have a lot of like, um, like digital cadavers mm-hmm. nowadays, um, you don't get to see anomalies that everyone has, you know? So with having actual cadavers there, we were able to see some crazy stuff going on, um, which made me appreciate how specific chiropractic care can be because everyone is different. You know, you're not a Grey's Anatomy textbook. Your body is different than what it says in textbook pages. Right. So we got to see that firsthand. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of respect too. Like there there was, there's zero joking around in those rooms where you would think like, some immature people would it's like no this no, is it's serious yeah, yeah it's 
Yeah. It smells like formaldehyde. Oh, absolutely. Terrible smell. When Terrible. We, when we went to visit Sherman, uh, my mom came up with me. And one of the things that I told her I wanted to do was go to the cadaver lab because that was one of the things I was most excited for. That's where the Dexter comes into play. Ah, see this you know, yep. serial killer in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I told my mom I wanted to see the cadaver lab. And the second that Dr. Rivera opened up the door, my mom got like a fresh whiff of mm-hmm. formaldehyde. She was like, well, I'm going to sit outside. You can do whatever you want right. to do. Go ahead and see what they're doing in there. But I'm just going to take a seat out here on like this little bench yeah. and just wait for you. Yep. Did you find it hard to eat after like cadaver lab? No, she, um, was, no. she was eating. <laughs> you were no. just smacking. I was like, you know, it's over. okay. Uh-huh. Um, the one thing that I hated though was we had to wear like actual lab jackets. Yeah. And I mean, the smell. Yeah, because you never not get out. Right. You, you toss that. We tossed it out in oh, the dumpster yeah. as soon as we were finished. Because you just, yeah, I just kept it in a locker, right? You just oh, put yeah. it on when you go in there, gloves, the yeah. mask. Mm-hmm. Do you wear masks? Um, th- so we didn't wear masks. Um, I feel like we did, right? We had like. Maybe I just did. We had fans in there that kind of, I guess. Like vented yeah. the smell out. Um, I'm like getting but we sick. Did, <laughs> but we did wear gloves. We did wear goggles. Um, yeah, I think that was about. And then the jackets and everything too. So nothing really got on us. Um, Close toed shoes. You know the whole PPE minus yeah. the masks. Yeah. So. And then when you finish your first year and you start going into the clinical stuff. Yeah. Can you walk us through how you got your first person to adjust? How you found them? Um, so. Yeah. Fun story. Uh, When you're in, I believe it is eighth quarter at Sherman, your first patient is someone that is in your class. Um, So they pair you up like pulling names from a hat. Um, I lucked out getting one of my best friends, um, which was awesome. And, you know, that that was how we got paired up. And then we sat there. We did the full, you know, Mm -hmm. spinal examination, seeing what his pattern was. He did the Mm -hmm. same for me. And then as soon as everything got signed off, um, we had to write PMR, so patient medical reports, to say, you know, this is what I want to do. This is their care plan. Um, everything we did was evidence-informed, so we had to find research articles confirming that, you know, chiropractic care would help this person mm-hmm. um, and if there were any contraindications to care. Um, and then once we sent that into our case doc, she would approve it, make us, you know, make any changes if there was something that was unclear or needed more information. And then, you know, once we got the AOK, we started adjusting. Mm-hmm. So pra- yeah, practicing on each other was not, it was an exciting part mm-hmm. when you're the one practicing on someone else. Yeah. And then a less exciting part when, when someone someone's else practicing, is practicing on, on you. you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and we make the joke of it that, um, you know, especially once you get down into clinic and you get your first quarter student, um, you can tell a difference in their spine that first quarter compared to second quarter because um, first quarter is all basic sciences. Second quarter, they start getting into palpation classes. So after like two weeks of palp, they come in and their cervicals are just all fucked mm-hmm. up. Sorry. All, all messed up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. like, and it's just, it's funny to see and, you know, be like, dang. So like, this is what my neck was like three years ago, like right. just completely jacked up mm-hmm. from students not knowing what they're doing yet. Oh, yeah. So, but I mean, practice makes perfect. So. And palpation. So if you're listening, you don't know what palpation is. That's when you're, you practice like touching areas of the spine to yep. feel um, if it's Bones, right or left or yeah. back, because right when you start, you, you can feel someone's spine and it all kind of feels the same. Mm-hmm. But then the more you practice it, you can start to feel specific segments and yeah. the way they move and even specific parts of the segment because yeah. i didn't even realize the the amount of detail that they make you go into you don't just it's learn insane. 
this is where this bone is. You learn every tiny part of the bone, every muscle in the bone, every ligament that's attached to it. And then you just practice that same individual one over and over and over again. Yeah. So then that's kind of how they broke down our classes and stuff. So initially you have palp, palpation one, which is bony palpation feeling, you know, the spinuses and the TPs, Mm -hmm. um, for the hips, you know, the PSISs, ischial tubes. Um, then you go into palp two, which is muscle palp. So all the muscles and ligaments that connect to those bones and palpation three is motion palpation. So moving those bones through their, you know, normal range of motion to see if there's any type of restriction Mm -hmm. that would indicate an adjustment being made there. Um, and then from there you move into actual adjustments where we started out with upper cervical uh then moved into which is the top of the neck yeah so So the top two bones in the neck two bones in the neck um and we also i think had occiput in there as well so the base of the skull um and then full spine one which was the rest of the cervicals Mm -hmm, um all the way down to the top of the thoracic so Mm -hmm. the bottom of the neck uh palp two was thoracics and lumbars um, so going all the way down to the low back and then palp three was pelvis. Mm-hmm. Um, so sacrum, that little bottom triangle bone in your mm-hmm. spine and then your hips. Mm-hmm. So cool. And then, so you had to do a certain number of those adjustments before then you, I guess you graduate onto the next part, which would be actually seeing patients, patients yep. from the public. Yep. And what was your first pa- public patient? Um, so my first public patient was, um, actually, um, Derek, <laughs> no, unfortunately not. So the thing with Sherman is you have to have specific requirements each quarter in order to graduate. So I played it smart and saved Derek for like one of my last quarters. So mm-hmm. this way I would get a new patient for the quarter. Um, but my initial first patient was actually a pregnant woman. Um, she was 28 weeks and the intern who had her prior to me adjusting her knew that I was going through the ICPA and, you know, kind of suggested, Hey, I have this woman. I think that you would be a great fit for her. Um, so he ended up transferring her file to me. Uh, so, you know, she was my first patient adjusting mm-hmm. her, uh, and her son who was at that time three years old, I do believe. Um, and then their husband. So, yeah. And they have a pretty cool system, at least at Palmer in Iowa, where we went, there would be people who just said, I'm going to help these new chiropractors get better. Yeah. And they just went from one intern to, to another next. intern to another Oh yeah, intern. absolutely. I'm mean, one of my patients. Um, it was a husband and wife, you know, it probably late seventies. They've been at the school for like six years. They've gone through six different interns. I mean, they're just, you know, constant patients mm-hmm. at the health center, which is something that we love to see and we appreciate. So, and they get a discount too. Oh I'm yeah. Sure. It's so, $15 for an adjustment there, which yep. is wild. And then if you start bringing in your family, it discounts a dollar for every person that you bring in. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. So for anyone in the Spartanburg Sherman, area. Sherman area, yeah, that <laughs> yeah, you could go, go get there. Checked. And I'm sure they'd appreciate it too. And, oh, and one thing that the interns do too, they're very thorough. Oh yeah. And they really, really want to do a good job. Mm-hmm. So they they do everything they can to do their best. Mm-hmm. And you have a staff doc that oversees and Every checks day. everything. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I mean our our case docs, um, shout out to Dr. Hawk. She's probably not listening to this, but she's going she's, to. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna send this to her. Um, but she was my case doctor and she was absolutely amazing. Um she's the reason why I got into ICPA in general. Um, but she was in the adjustment room with me anytime I delivered an adjustment. There's always a doc there watching, making sure that, you know, the way that you're putting in your thrust, the line of drive for the adjustment and stuff is correct. Um, so everything that we did was very specific and, you know, 
accurate to what the patient needed. Yep. So. so then you finish all those and then, and then after that, then you go into like an internship, which would be our version of a residency, I think yep. in the medical world yep. um, where you actually get hands-on experience and then you start, um, you can start adjusting people, analyzing x-rays, you kind of get your reps in. Yeah. So in that process, then there's board exams. So there's yeah. national board exams you have to take. Maybe walk us through what the board exams look like. So the NBCE, man, do I have a love-hate relationship with Nas- them. So that's the National Board, <laughs> board of Chiropractic, Chiropractic Examiners. examiners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's yep. the, they're like the regulators of all chiropractors. Yeah. So when chiropractic first came about, it was kind of just a state by state driven basis. Um, and that was one of the reasons why chiropractic started to have that like severe divide between, you know, what you could do and what you couldn't do. Um, you know, people would go see a chiropractor in South Carolina and then they would go to a chiropractor in North Carolina and it would be completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when they decided, you know, we're going to get this national board of examiners to, you know, come up and they started bringing all the schools together because even the schools were teaching different things. And they realized mm-hmm. there was just such a divide between the whole entire, you know, profession itself. Um, so they decided to create the NBCE. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they started creating the exams. So this way there was kind of a baseline for all chiropractors throughout the United States. Yes. Um, which, which actually I really appreciate because absolutely there's this thing right now happening in colleges where there's these pop-up colleges. They barely teach anything. They mm-hmm. just take the student and not in the chiropractic world, but in the just general education world, they, yeah. they say, Hey, we're going to get you a degree in this, whatever medical assistant. They just take your money. They don't care if you learn anything. No. And then you go off and you do your thing. And then when you interview the person or you're meeting with the person, you ask them stuff. They don't even know the basic things that yeah. a person who's a certified medical assistant should, should know. know. Uh, whereas in the chiropractic world, it's kind of the same thing. You, the last thing we want is colleges just taking the money and putting anybody out, out there, there who doesn't actually know what they're doing. So yeah. that I feel like the board exam is a stopping point where yeah. – the schools say we have to take this really seriously and make sure that our students are learning yeah. because if they're not and we just let them skate through to the next and skate through the next, then they hit their board exams and they can't pass and they can never practice and yeah. they have all these student loans and it looks bad for the college. Yeah. Then. Oh, absolutely. And I know one of the things that a lot of colleges do is they put up their percentage percentages um, of you know board scores. Like yes. I know Sherman does have their percentages for part one, part two, part three, and part four for Which, students. Do you know what they are? Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I could look them up for you. Um, I mean, I just personally asking friends around me. Um, I know part one, there were a few people who didn't pass. Uh, like, And being completely transparent, I didn't pass one of the parts of part one. Um, but I ended up retaking it and it ended up being my highest score after the fact. Um, and then part two, I think there was maybe one person that I know who didn't pass. And then part three... One other person I knew who didn't pass, but she was a few quarters ahead of me. Uh, and then I'm, I'm just, you know, we're not going at part four yet. Yeah, yeah. We're going yeah. into that. So, we had, do you remember ours? Because we were in a class of, we started 150 and probably ended at 100. But I think I remember there being dozens of people. Yeah, that had to pat, had to retake and. And hell, there's probably some that haven't passed. <laughs> they still. still haven't. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. 13 years it, later. I mean, it's a lot. Well, and I mean, here's, but here's the point. So I think what chiropractic school does is they take that first year, they crush the students to see, all right, who's really in it. So yeah. they kind of weed people out that way. Oh, absolutely. But then even if you make it through that, if you're truly just like checking boxes and good at taking tests, 
that doesn't help you because when you go to boards, like you have to actually learn and know that stuff. Yeah, I was going to say it tests your critical thinking yes. and your understanding of a whole year of information and condenses How to it utilize into six it. parts. Right. Like it, it's very much a, a standardized test, I guess you could say, of all the information you learn yeah. in your first year, kind of, at yeah. least for part one. Kind of like the, board, uh, the bar exam for lawyers. For lawyers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except I guess lawyers only have the one big exam. Yeah. We have four. Yeah, we have, we four. have four different parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one costs money too. So you <laughs> you, yes. you make sure that you study really Real hard before each one. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And, and then as so there's how many semesters or how many quarters are there? So at Sherman, there are 14 quarters. Uh Sherman is a little bit different compared to a lot of other schools. Um, most chiropractic schools are on a trimester schedule. Um, so for them, you know, I think it's maybe four years and I, I don't quote me on this. Yeah. I'm not familiar it, with it, but I'm maybe like a four year program. It's three and a half to four, I think across. Yeah. yeah. Across the board. With so, no, but for people listening too, that's no you don't summers. Get, you don't get no summers, summers off. Yeah. So you go year round for three and a half years at least. And yeah. that's if you're taking every class you can every yeah. semester. So Sherman gives you no option. Um, you're in for three and a half years in a quarter schedule. So, you know, like you said, like we don't have the option you to get take two breaks. weeks off or a week yeah, and a half. We or get something. one week, one week off, 11 weeks on three weeks off, 11 weeks on one week off. Yeah. 11 weeks yep. on, that's what so I remember. So forth. Yeah, that's good. So, and then maybe let's talk about price point. Cause I know lots of people want to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even during Ouch. ours, well, even during our, um, so we had 10 trimesters. Mm-hmm. So we would do four months and then a week or two off and then yeah. four months and a week or two off. Um, but I remember the pricing every single semester or trimester going up, up and up and up and thinking Absolutely. like, how can they raise it 10% or whatever it is every single semester? Yeah. And that was 13 years ago. So I'm curious now what the price points look like and if you've seen it go up over the last yeah. three and a half years. So... I think we've had a bump up in our tuition every year that I've been there. Um, Now, it's not anything like super significant, but just from what I can remember when I first started at Sherman, I want to say I was paying maybe $7,900 to $8,000 a quarter. And then this past quarter, I paid $8,900, I believe. So it's gone up about $1,000 per quarter. Um, And then, I mean, if you want to know in total, like student loan debt that you're probably going to have, I mean, mine's sitting at like $250,000. But that's also with some undergrad loans that I Mm -hmm. still have. So, I mean, I could buy a nice three bedroom, two Mm -hmm. two bath house with the student loans I have. But I will say Sherman sets you up pretty well for success. Um, They're one of the few schools that is partnered with a business program specific to chiropractic. Um, so we've had business classes that help us with loan repayment. You know, they call it G10 graduation plus 10 years. Um, so they kind of give us a, a really good layout on how to get through post-grad and pay off your loans within that 10 year time span. Okay. So, yeah. It's, and I think the loan side of it scares a lot of people. Oh off. Yeah. Which two hundred fifty thousand dollars is a lot, is a lot of, money. of money. Yeah, yeah. especially for someone who's twenty five years old, and you know that it's you want to go and get a house with your fiance and stuff, but you can't do that yet because you know you're not going to be able to provide that debt to income ratio that you're getting at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I and, mean, yeah, well, it's a lot. And there is something that happens though too, where you're in basically you're in university for eight straight years, mm-hmm. and you're two hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt. debt. And you, you see get your bogged down. You see your other friends who all graduated at <laughs> twenty two years money. old, and they're making money, and they've yeah. got a nice apartment. 
Um, and it probably takes, at, at least from what I've seen, eight or 10 years before it starts to balance out. And yeah. you feel like, All right, okay, I'm not drowning in debt. And now I can finally like have a house and a yeah. vehicle and things like that. Uh, but then I think it swings the other side too, where all the work that you put on on the front end um, pays off oh, more as, as you kind of go down the road. So then, and even people will say, oh man, we, we wish we could have your hours or have your business or it something like time. that. And we're like, well, you, you do want what we have down the road, yeah. but you did, you have to put in the work eight to get years there. and you have to be comfortable with that much debt. Yeah. Uh, but I would say if somebody's passionate about chiropractic and go they're willing it. to work, that amount of money is not, no, it's not it's, insurmountable at no, all. No, not at all. I mean, I know numerous docs who within their first two years were making six figures. So, I mean, if you have the dedication to the practice and, you know, you really get your ass out there and start mm -hmm. working, I mean, it's easy to mm -hmm. start bringing in, you know, money to pay off those loans and, you know, start creating the life that you picture yourself having, mm -hmm. you know, while being in the chiropractic profession. Yep. So. Um, speaking about friends, like, have your friends or family that you like that knew you growing up? Yeah. Did they have you had any pushback or has <laughs> anybody given you any, my any dad, arguments? My dad. Tell us about that. <laughs> um, so my father, I love him to death. Uh, but he just doesn't understand why I chose chiropractic. Um, he was He's a retired NYPD officer. Um, so in New, in, in New York City, in New yeah, York it was yeah. counterterrorism, like when 9-11 and everything happened. So mm. my dad has seen like the shits. Um, but he went to see chiropractors back in the day and they didn't help him, kind of similar to like Derek's story. Right. Um, just kind of saw them as, you know, just not see, someone to go to if you're in pain or anything like that. And not to cut you off, but I, I kind of want to touch on that while you brought it up. When Pete, like, it's always interesting to me that when people make the decision that they weren't helped. Yeah. And and what what I would want to follow up and ask that is like, mm -hmm. so what plan did you follow? And was it your plan or was it the doctor's plan? Because people go into offices and they have their plan on what should work. Yeah. Like, hey, I went to a chiropractor once, even though I've been wearing equipment, beat up my spine, you know, for 40 years. Yeah. And when I got adjusted, I didn't walk out feeling perfect and amazing. So that's them saying it didn't, oh, it help. didn't help. Yeah, they, they didn't help me. Yeah. And they bounce around and they do these. Now, now not to say that everybody walks in and- but I always am curious if people are true to like, did you really follow the doctor's advice? And if so, and still didn't get help, then that, that's something like- I, that's I would, different. Yeah, that's completely different. I tend to think the majority of people though have their version of it. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. I mean, I can definitely, I, I know firsthand people who do that. And, you know, my dad is probably one of those good examples of it. He saw a few chiropractors here I think there. most men are, honestly. Yeah. Like, go yeah. see a chiropractor when their back hurts. They get a few adjustments and then mm -hmm. they dip out. Um, but one of the best things that I've learned educating patients and stuff is, you know, using your example, you beat up your spine for 40 years. Well, it took 40 years for your spine to get to this point for adjustments isn't going to help you. I mean, that's where the consistency and the time and the management of this problem that you have comes right. into play because you can't just erase 
40 years of wear and tear on your spine. But if you're under consistent care, I mean, you can get back to functioning the Mm -hmm. way that you want to. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, the dedication to it is the biggest thing. I mean, same with brushing your teeth. You can't just not brush your teeth for 40 years, brush brush them four days before you go to the dentist and be like, why are there all these cavities? And why it doesn't work like that? Well, and even the cost side of it, people kind of understand if you did, if you don't brush your teeth or take care of your teeth, yeah. then it's going to cost you ten or fifteen thousand dollars. But then they walk into a chiropractor and they're like, "Yeah, I've, I've had whiplash injuries and I've been sleeping wrong and I've been sitting in front of a computer yeah. for years, um, but it should cost me forty dollars to fix it." Um, but they'll spend ten thousand dollars to fix their teeth that they've yeah. neglected. So I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about the spine and how important it is, yeah. but then also what it takes to take care of the spine oh, as well. Absolutely, and I think one of the things too that I've seen in research and stuff. I mean. The cost of going to a chiropractor for a lifetime compared to paying for a medical surgery for your spine, mm-hmm. I mean, it, going to a chiropractor for the rest of your life wins every time. It's always going to be less expensive than having to sit there and go for any type of spinal surgery yep. that you would need to if you neglect your spine for yeah you know, 40, 60, 80 years. Or so. taking drugs even. Really, a, a lot of people, they just take painkillers yeah. for their yeah. whole entire life and think it's normal to Imagine be taking that many drugs. Imagine how much money you're spending on that. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And how hard it is on your liver yeah, and your kidneys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, people think the right now. They think the dollar cheeseburger is a dollar right now, not knowing that costs them 10 in their health down the road versus say the $5 burger that's grass fed and, and it costs more right now, but saves them $10 later. So like those are sort of the, the, the people are living that right now kind of quick fix world. So tell me, all right. So your dad's still, give me that story again. I don't (laughs) want to lose that. So he was, he just didn't feel like chiropractic helped him. So when, when you said, dad, I'm going to be a chiropractor, he's, he was kind of like, why are you doing this? He kind of laughed at me said, you know, are you sure you want to do this? Um, kind of like the whole, you know, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed act. Mm. Um, so, but I mean, over the past three and a half years, he's seen the dedication that I've had to the program has seen, you know, me adjusting and everything. And now he calls me whenever he has something wrong with him because he knows I can give him a straight answer yeah. on what's going on with him compared to his medical doctor. So, and I mean, it's not even just chiropractic that he's calling me about. Um, cause the classes that we take in chiropractic school are in line with the medical field outside of pharmacology. Right. Um, but yeah, like he's called me for numerous things, um, just to get my own input on it, basically a second opinion for him. So I think now he started to understand and accept, you know, the path and the career that I've chosen. Um, but it definitely, it took time to get there. So, and I mean, I have firsthand accounts of people walking up to me at like parties and being like, oh, so what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm becoming a chiropractor. I'm going to be a doctor. And then them being like, you're going to be a chiropractor. You're not a real doctor. And then I've had to step up to the plate and be like, well, okay, say that to my face. You want to like say that to my face, say that to the three and a half years I've spent 40 hours a week taking classes and getting to the point where I'm at now, you know, you go through this program and tell me that I'm not going to be a doctor when I graduate. Yeah. And I think most like different types of doctors are sensitive to that too because oh, I've yeah. met, I mean it I've irks dentists, me a little bit <laughs> like, like on, on the hangover when they're when he's like oh I'm a doctor and they're like you're a dentist yeah. or, um, listen you know everyone goes to school everyone gets a degree I mean don't matter what your degree is in you're still a doctor in your field a doctor doctors and this is the big thing too that I think they kind of educated us on at Sherman 
you think of a doctor and you think like, oh, medicine. Mm -hmm. The Latin roots of doctor is educator. Mm -hmm. They are nothing else other than an educator for their patients. So I would love to see that shift in thought of, you know, everyday people in the community seeing a car or seeing a doctor as, you know, not just someone who could write a script, not just someone who can fill cavities, mm -hmm. not just someone who can, you know, analyze a spine and adjust. This is a person who's going to educate you on what went wrong, how are we going to fix it, and then what is your plan for the rest of this time here in order to not have this occur again. Mm -hmm. so. I had, I remember early in my career, I was probably two years in, I had a lady who came in and she had really bad issues with her hands mm -hmm. and she started getting better. And then her friend decided she was going to come in, but just to prove to her friend that I was tricking her. Yeah. And said ridiculous. I, she called me a witch doctor to my face, yeah. and I was like, okay, well, I guess it's pro like I it's guess. probably yeah. So I like I was like talking to her about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then she said, you're a witch doctor, and I and I was like, okay, well, I guess like this probably isn't the right place for you. And she's like, no, I'm I'm still gonna get adjusted. <laughs> I was like, okay. okay. And she wants over to the, see what all the voodoo's about. <laughs> and and then over the course of the next few years, it radically changed her life. She yeah. was on 19 or 20 different meds. Got off 16 of them, I think. Wow. Um, she lost 90 pounds. Wow. And then ended up bringing in both of her daughters, who also had their own host host of issues as well, yeah. and then radically changed their life. So it's interesting to think that sometimes they'll say that, but then they don't necessarily mean it or they don't really yeah. understand it. They it don't was, understand it at that point. It was almost a test for her to see, like, how are you going to respond yeah. when I say this to you? And that I just said, I don't, I don't know, whatever you want, whatever you want to do. I don't, yeah, you, well, you came to me, it. you're, you're in my, my area. Let yeah. me check your uh, spine, yeah. please. And thank you. Well, what, what quarter, uh, do you guys learn about snake oils? Is that later on in the, have you got <laughs> yeah, that yet? Just or? a little bit. Okay. You know, we have our own young living class. We learn <laughs> about all we, the essential oils. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my favorite classes. Um, <laughs> now you, you did mention ICPA. Mm -hmm. Tell, tell the listeners about that too. Cause that's a, that's like above and beyond Type certification. Yeah. Um, so the ICPA is the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association. Um, they're their own entity that, you know, offers a certification, uh, continuing education, uh, things like that for students and chiropractors out in the field now, uh, specific towards pediatric care uh, and pregnant women as well. Um, so a little bit of background about them. Um, anyone who's kind of familiar with chiropractic and has seen chiropractors while pregnant may know the Webster technique. Um, so this is you know, a leg check that we use to kind of see if there is a subluxation or a misalignment somewhere in the spine, specifically at the low back area. Um, so this man, Larry Webster, created this technique and saw the you know influence it had on the pregnant women that he was seeing in his office. Uh, and then he ended up basically just reaching out to other docs who are seeing a lot of pregnant women, a lot of pediatrics and said, Hey, I want to get people together. And I want to create, you know, just this accountability group at first of people who are trained and educated on taking care of this demographic. Right. Um, and then I mean, it just exploded from there. I think it started in like 1995 and now there's over 6,000 members and, you know, and that was to take a, a breech baby and have them turn. Correct? So, um, Webster technique isn't turning breech babies. Um, 
What we can do though is, you know, usually when you do have a breech baby, there's some, there's something going on in the pelvis. There's something going on in the uterus because naturally a baby is supposed to lay head down towards the cervix. Right. And that's just the way biomechanics and biology works. Um, but when it's, you know, when things in the pelvis aren't where they're supposed to be sitting, the baby just tries to find a comfortable position naturally to lay. Um, so what we do as chiropractors is just adjust the pelvis and we hope that, you know, once we adjust the pelvis and it's back to a neutral position that the baby now feels comfortable enough to move into its natural state, which is again, that head down position. Um, but it's pretty amazing how, what the percentage of baby percent, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. So like we can't claim that that's what it does, but it does. You know what I mean? If somebody's out there, um, pregnant and they're, they're like, don't they they are forcing them to have a c-section you got to go see a a webster certified chiropractor that can at least give it a shot yeah at least try that my goodness stay for more of a conservative type of health plan Mm -hmm. before you start sitting there and going okay no i have no other options i'm just going to sit there and go ahead and let someone cut open my abdomen you know go go see a chiropractor first what's the worst that can happen you know you pay $40, $50 $40, $50 to get an adjustment right. and you don't see a result, okay, then by all means, go ahead, schedule your cesarean right. afterwards, right. but yeah. at least take the less invasive route first. Mm-hmm. We, so. And I, I remember sitting in my clinic in Winnipeg and we would see the big, and it was called Hutterites there, which would be like mm-hmm. consider, like our version of the Amish. Okay. And you'd see the big van roll in and then yeah. you see a lady roll out and they were two hours out of the city. And then you see a lady roll out like nine months pregnant. You'd be yeah. like, oh, she's here. I know why she's here. She got to do the, do the Webster technique. Yeah. yeah adjust her. Um, and then a few weeks later, uh, whoever else was pregnant or if they found by. out that they were breached, yep, they would swing in and do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but it was pretty remarkable to see. And and sometimes it was like they got adjusted once and then they would call and say like, yep, felt the baby turning last night. And now we're good to go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, and that's one of the things too, that's amazing with Webster technique. I mean, usually with chiropractic, it's, you know, some people get an immediate type reaction. Some people, it takes a little bit or it takes a few adjustments to kind of get to that point. But especially with Webster, if done correctly and done right, I mean, you'll see immediate results with it. And especially going through, there's six parts to the actual analysis and adjustment. Mm-hmm. And if you follow all of those steps correctly, I mean, the results that you see are amazing. And usually it's fairly quickly oh. because, again, like I said, it's it's not that the mom's pelvis is, you know, obviously the mom's pelvis is misaligned. But, you know, once the baby feels that position change, they're just going to move right back into what's most comfortable for them. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, once that adjustment's made, they'll I, start to move. I was curious about this too. Do they do, um, like if people are having fertility issues, oh, is that something that, that, yeah. the, this organization focuses on a lot? Um, so they have done some research into it. Um, I want to say, I do have a research article about this mm-hmm. and it was about women not being able to become pregnant. Um, and, you know, with consistent chiropractic care at specific segments that dealt with hormones and hormone regulation, um, you know, the the amount of people who ended up becoming pregnant in six months to a year from that care plan that was created for them yeah. was significant enough to publish in research. Um, it, well, it's wild the amount of women that Randy's gotten pregnant. 
<laughs> due to <laughs> due to, to removing interference to the, the nervous, nervous system. system. Yes, that, yeah. and that actually but, used to be. A, I, I actually used to say that when you get pregnant. Yes, you don't call me. No, it You don't say my chiropractor got me pregnant. You say chiropractic helped me get pregnant. And a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Actually, well, here's what's cool. I, just yesterday, I had a new patient come in uh, specifically for menstrual issues. Yeah, which is which shows me that the pendulum is swinging so, to oh, towards coming to us for conditions that they don't, that you generally wouldn't think you go to a chiropractor yeah. for. And then when I walked her through like, well, we don't have a menstrual cycle adjustment, but here's why your body can normalize this and walked her through the nerve chart and all the things. And she was like, yep, this is why I'm here. And it was like, it was super, it was just cool to me to go like, who told you to come here for this? Cause this is a, this is interesting. It's like, oh, I'm a teacher. And a bunch of people come to your office and they said like, yeah, if you have menstrual issues, just go over there. Okay. I was like, okay. Hey, so that's, that's best new great. referral. Yeah, yeah. No, it was awesome. Yep. So, and so we'd encourage anyone then who's listening to this to find a chiropractor and, and how maybe from your experience, if someone's listening to this and they, they're not maybe local to Columbia, but they want to find a chiropractor. Yeah. How would you recommend they go about finding a person? Um, so I think first and foremost, it depends on your demographic. Um, so say if you're a pregnant woman, go onto ICPA's website. They have a directory there that has, you know, it starts out with all the CACCP, so those who have the full ICPA certification, and then the directory moves down into those who are Webster certified, and then it just moves down to people who are members and donate their money to the ICPA for funding and research. Mm -hmm. um, so that's if you're pregnant or you have children that you want to have seen by a chiropractor, definitely go there first. Um, as far as just you know, a typical person wanting to go see a chiropractor, Honestly, Google and look for ones that have great reviews. Um, that's probably the biggest thing that I could suggest. Mm -hmm. word, well, word of mouth too is probably it's great. a big one. Yeah, yeah if it, you know someone who goes to see a chiropractor, asking them like, hey, you know, what's your DC's name? Would I be able to get information and, you know, say that you referred me to your office? So Yeah, I think the correct answer there was fly to Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, and get checked. Go to Columbia right. Family, Family Chiropractic. Chiropractic. Sorry. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but there is weird. To that point yeah. though, there is a lot of weird chiropractors yeah, out there. Yeah, Just yeah, like yeah, there's there a lot is. of weird yeah. anything. So yeah. the idea of just walking into a random place because you're driving by it terrifies me. Yeah. Uh, but if you know a lot of people and they've had results and they know, you know, know yeah. the practice and know the person, that's a little better, better than just a, walking into a random place. Yeah. And I was going to say, I can definitely like uh, feel you on that one. Um, like I said, I mean, I have numerous friends who go to Sherman and the way we all practice is completely different. So different. Yeah. Like I have a lot of people who use instruments and then I have like one of my best friends does network care. I don't know if y'all are familiar with network care, but like that's the witchy chiropractic. Yeah. So, um, or, I mean, yeah, or at least feels like that. Cause, yeah. cause they don't, yeah. they, don't they don't touch, touch them. them. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They open up gateways and stuff to help <laughs> release tension in the spine and stuff. So yeah. I your, mean, your dad wouldn't, wouldn't we, we, appreciate no, that one. That's no. like what my dad expected chiropractic. And there's cool. Yeah. There's like Kool-Aid at the end. It's, yeah. <laughs> and a seance. Very much a seance. So, a seance at the end too. Candles. Yeah, you, you light your candle on the and way not to, and honestly, though, not to make like they get like to me, they, they get, get oh, results. Yeah. There's so many different techniques in chiropractic. Like I don't, I think any chiropractic's better than nothing. Yeah, but I can see how that's a hard one to to sell. To sell. Yeah, and I think a lot of their stuff is, you know. 
It's like it, ra- it Reiki. De- and- yeah, it fits a specific demographic. Right. You have to be able to sell that type of practice and that type of adjustment to specific people. Um, and one of the things that they do really well, I will say, with network spinal care is research. Um, the amount of research that they have done is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So if anyone ever questioned it, those docs could always sit there and pull out, you know, Studies the 50 research articles that have been published about that type of care. Yep. So... Cool. Nice. So kind of in closing then, um, do you want to give everybody your Instagram or if someone wants to reach out to you or mm. your personal yeah. cell phone number? Wow. I, don't know. I, mean, I don't know about my personal cell <laughs> no. phone number, but yeah. So my Instagram handle is at Courtney Dexter DC to B. Um, and then I also have a Facebook page, which is the same as that. If you just type in on your Facebook search engine, Courtney Dexter DC to B, yep. um, that page will pop up and you can give me a follow on either one of those. Um, Facebook has that direct message stuff too. So you can message me same thing with Instagram and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. So most of my time is now spent with the, these two docs right here. So whenever I'm not working with them, I will respond to those messages. (laughs) So, and then, um, you guys can find all clips and anything like that on our Instagram page here for the health of it podcast. Um, we do some funny behind the scenes stuff. We usually have clips. If you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us there. Um, thanks for being on the show. Of course. Thank, Thank you guys you. for having me. Here. We're here for the health of it. For the health of it.